This is an AMI podcast. I'm Chuita Gupta, and this is The Pulse. Bill C-35 establishes a legislative framework for a new federal income support benefit to assist working-age adults with disabilities, and which will supplement, not replace, existing federal, provincial, and territorial income supports. It's touted as a long-overdue measure to lift Canadians with disabilities out of poverty. Originally promised in the throne speech, which was, of course, several months ago, many disability advocates have wondered if the bill isn't coming a little too late. Moreover, with speculation rampant about a fall federal election, the disability community is waiting with bated breath to see if the promised benefit will eventually materialize. Today, we discuss Bill C-35. It's time to put your finger on the pulse. And welcome to The Pulse on AMI-audio. I'm Joyita Gupta. I know we've been hearing a lot about Bill C-35 or the bill for a promised federal disability support benefit, especially if you've been listening to this channel. I know they had a vigorous discussion about this on the Now with Dave Brown news panel a couple of days back. But I wanted to get a couple of perspectives here on The Pulse as well, including one from Joelle Smith, who is from the Council of Canadians with Disabilities. Joel will join us later on in the program to discuss some of the Council's concerns and some of their hopes associated with this new benefit. And I'm going to ask Joel how concerned she is about the possibility of a federal election, which might scuttle all of these well-laid plans. But first, let's go ahead and have a conversation with the Minister for Employment, Workforce Development and Disable- Disability Inclusion, Minister Carla Qualtro, who's joining us today from Ottawa. Minister Qualtro, welcome to The Pulse. It's so good to have you back on the program. Well, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. A lot of people have a lot of things to say about the Canada Disability Support Benefit or Bill C-35. What can you tell us about it? Well, thank you. You know, this benefit is to reduce poverty and ensure financial security for low-income working-age Canadians with disabilities. That's the ultimate goal of this of this direct benefit for individuals. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be something that will likely supplement pre-existing forms of social assistance. How would this work, for example, in concert with social assistance payments that the provinces are responsible for? Good question. And absolutely, this is meant as an income supplement. It is not meant as an income replacement. So um, the idea being for everybody to be better off um, because of this benefit. So as we negotiate with the provinces around the specifics of benefit delivery, we are setting a very concrete um, intention and expectation that this will be a supplementary payment. So, Minister Qualtro, I'm sure you don't know a lot of details about the proposed benefit yet, but I would love to get a little more information about it. I know it's based on the Guaranteed Income Supplement for Seniors. Do you have any idea how much this new en- benefit might end up being? Well, we don't know the exact amount, but what we do is 
what we do know and what we have to guide the conversations and negotiations with the province are benchmark dollars. So we know how much the GIS is every year. We know how much uh, where Canada's official poverty line is. We know how much uh, provinces give out in direct monthly income support across the country. So within all those broad parameters, um, we'll be working with provinces, again, to ensure that people are better off and that provinces don't claw back either their own payments or this payment in order to um, essentially put people in the same place they're in now with no additional supplemental income. This is a supplemental income. Mm. Are there any plans to consult with Canadians with disabilities? I know you're speaking to the provinces, but are you also seeking input from ordinary Canadians with disabilities to get a sense of what they might want to see out of this benefit? Absolutely. So, you know, obviously this benefit is a cornerstone piece of our Disability Inclusion Action Plan. So one of the goals of that, one of the pillars of that plan is financial security. And this is the, the big piece under that pillar. We've launched an online consultation around the Disability Inclusion Action Plan. And on top of that, we are meeting and engaging Canadians specifically. And I think of the Disability uh, Without Poverty group who represent and and include thousands of people with disabilities to really dig in and see what what people need, what people would like to see in this, how this is going to work and and flag for us any challenges that they foresee. For example, how will this impact entitlement not only to income every month, but what about other services? What if this pushes me above a certain line in my province so I no longer get um, pharmacare, say? So really, uh, eyes wide open here. This is complicated, but I am absolutely committed to making sure people are better off. I'm glad to hear that. And we did hear some murmurs about this benefit as far back as the throne speech, which was now several months ago. And a number of people within the disability community are saying that the the bill is a bit last minute. How would you respond to that? Could you have acted any sooner? Um, you know, I, I've heard that too. And what I would say is this this has been a inclusive, complicated, complex pro, uh, process to ensure that we got the framework legislation correct so that we can then start conversations with the disability community, start working with the provinces over the summer, um, continue, you know, it's really put a stake in the ground in terms of the federal government commitment to doing this and our signal to the provinces that, that we accept them, we expect them to step up as well. So, you know, we did it as fast as we could. If there will be um, important negotiations started immediately. This is part, as I said, of the, of the, um, public consultations around the DF, but uh, the Disability Inclusion Action Plan, sorry. Um, but, you know, we I feel like we did this properly and having worked with my minister's disability advisory group, other stakeholders, we put in place framework legislation that really was necessary to move forward on this as soon as possible. And yet at the same time, there are rumblings, I'm sure you've heard as well, that there might be an election in the fall. And if that were to happen, there's again a lot of concern within the disability community that this benefit, along with the other things that you're working on, may disappear into the ether. So how would you address that concern? How how concerned should Canadians with disabilities be that if there were an election, this will this benefit will never materialize? Well, I appreciate, and, and as you said, I've heard that concern as well. What I would say personally is this is a very public commitment. You know, when a government introduces a bill, that 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 is a commitment that there is money behind it, that there is action that's going to take place. Whether or not there's an election, 
a liberal government will proceed with this particular commitment. And it's an opportunity for disability advocates and the disability community writ large to talk to other parties and say, would you do this? Would, would, is this something you would reintroduce and get those commitments? You know, by putting, again, that stake in the ground, we very publicly stated our commitment as a government and as a party to it um, and would encourage every other party to make that same commitment should there be an election. The reality is, though, I don't I don't know if there if and when there's going to be an election. And I'm just moving full force, full steam ahead on this. And it may be that we're still in government in September and we move forward with this particular piece of legislation. And what have you heard from opposition parties? Are they in support of what you're proposing or are people concerned about, say, the fiscal implications of rolling out this benefit? Well, I think it's best that 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 you hear from opposition parties themselves. Um, what I will say is we had an exceptional level of collaboration around the Accessible Canada Act from all parties. It had all party mm-hmm. um, approval. When we did the one-time payment for people with disabilities during the uh, last year during the pandemic, we we eventually, not at first, but eventually got all party support for that. So I, I actually think that this could be something that transcends partisan politics and that we all are at a place where we know this needs to be done and should have been done a long time ago. And I work very collaboratively with my opposition critics and, and I foresee an ability to get this through. That's that's good to hear. Just as we let you go, I wanted to get a sense from you about what else is on the table as part of the Disability Inclusion Action Plan. You mentioned hmm. it before, and I just wanted to see what else uh, is being talked about and what else is being proposed. Well, thank you. A really important question, and thanks for bringing it up. You know, the, the Disability Inclusion Action Plan is a robust kind of all-encompassing attempt to improve the lives of Canadians with disabilities and tackle the, the, the biggest barriers and the biggest challenges that, that are being faced presently with an understanding that we just have to keep adding to this. This is not going to, this isn't a stagnant piece of, of work. It does include the other sides of the coin to the benefit. So an employment strategy to get people, remove barriers to employment, to help people, give them support to get jobs. It includes an overhaul of how um, the government of Canada approaches disability inclusion. So we've, we've talked, and certainly there's a lot of talk within the community about the disability tax credit and eligibility for different government of Canada um, programs. And we're tackling that. We are going to um, create a more dignified approach to disability inclusion, to disability writ large within the government of Canada. And then the final pillar for now, because as I said, this is, this is going to keep, we're going to keep building on it, is disability inclusive spaces. So really focusing on um, removing barriers to access in a broad you know, sense of the term, whether it be communication barriers or physical barriers, to really just dig in on barrier removal, because that's also a goal of the Accessible Canada Act to make Canada barriers free by 2040. So we need to keep working on that as well. So really trying to target the things that we need to fix the most now, but understanding that there's just a lot of work to be done across governments and across the country to make our country truly uh, disability inclusive. Minister Qualtrough, thank you very much for taking a few minutes out of your day to speak to us about uh, the benefit and also some of the other initiatives that you're working on for people with disabilities. And we appreciate that you could join us on the program. My pleasure. Nice speaking with you. I'm Jyothi Gupta.
Today, we're talking about Bill C-35, which promises a new federal disability support benefit meant to support Canadians with disabilities who are of working age. This benefit is meant to supplement, not replace, existing federal, provincial, and territorial income supports. Earlier in the program, you heard from the Minister of Employment, Workforce Development and Disability Inclusion, Carla Qualtro, who set out what her government hopes to achieve with this new bill, C-35, and shared some of her thoughts about the concerns that are looming large about an upcoming federal election that's been highly speculated about Now we're going to hear from someone within the disability community, a voice that you've often heard on the program, this one, as well as others on AMI-audio and beyond. Joelle Smith is the Communications and Government Relations Coordinator for the Council of Canadians with Disabilities and has, of course, been on this show before. Joelle, welcome back to the program. How are you today? Thank you. I'm doing well. So, Bill C-35, how surprised were you when the government finally made that announcement a couple of weeks back? Had you been reading the tea leaves and expecting something like this, or were you taken uh, by surprise? Well, as we all know, there has been mention of the benefit possibility in throne speech, um, as well as in budget. Um, So, it wasn't unexpected, but it was a little interesting that it was tabled two days before the House rose. Honestly, I had kind of given up. I I thought maybe in the fall we'll see something. Exactly. That, I think, is the sentiment for a lot of people. Were you uh, disappointed that it had been left to the last minute in the way that it had? Very much. I mean, internally, CCD, we talked about it. It it was disappointing that it was tabled so late. um, And it also, you know, lacked a bit of teeth. When you say that it lacked a bit of teeth, uh, what exactly are you sort of getting at? When I spoke to Minister Qualtro, she was upfront about the fact that not too many details were known. Is that what you're concerned about as well, the lack of details at this stage? Yeah, I thought there would be more details. I thought there would perhaps be a stronger definition, a more inclusive definition of disability. Um, I thought there might be, um, you know, a little bit more information shared but it appears that the document is just directing everybody to the regulations that would eventually come about. And the regulations were quite a ways away from the regulations. That's often the last thing to work on. Can we just go back to this point about the definition of disability? What's lacking in the definition of the of disability that's been put forward by the federal government? So it's something I, I speak about often that we do not have a consistent definition of disability across programs and and services and legislation. And it really truly impacts people with disabilities because you might qualify for your provincial, you know, disability benefit, but you don't qualify for the disability tax credit. Or, you know, you might be able to get into one program and then not another. And so I've really argued, and, you know, Minister Coulter and I have talked about this, that consistent definition is more inclusive um, and it just allows people to consistently benefit from any of the programs. So you're looking for one definition across the board. Now, who would you want to see included in that definition? What are some of the, the common categories of disability that, that tend to get left out? So who are the people that were not really uh, encompassing in the, most, uh, in, the, in the federal government's disability definition? Sure. So, I mean, I often look to um, Article 1 of the Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities for a really strong definition. 
um, mm. which includes physical, mental, intellectual, or sensory impairments. Um, and, and then it explicitly talks about how interaction within, you know, barriers hinders effective participation in society. So one of the things we see often is um, the limitations with some definitions exclude people with chronic or episodic disabilities, often mental health disabilities, people who live with um, fatigue or chronic pain might not qualify for some of the, you know, various programs and benefits. Um, people who often have service animals, but they don't benefit from the disability tax credit because their disability is not recognized in that that benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, in my personal research, I, I, I interviewed disabled mothers, and many of them talked about they couldn't access certain parts of services because their disability wasn't named explicitly within programs. So mm-hmm. we really, really do want a consistent and strong definition that's inclusive of disability. So let's go back to the Canada Disability Support uh, benefit that is now being talked about. Uh, what is your wish list? I mean, what would you like to see from the benefit? Do you have any ideas about how much the benefit should be for starters? You know, I, I've seen that we have some, for example, the child benefit um, tax credit that, that many people in Canada um, use. It's based on income and as well as number of children. And so I think that, you know, Looking at the disability benefit as, you know, potentially attached to income. So if you're lower income, you would get a higher amount. Um, potentially, you know, um, allowing for certain items that, you know, if you have certain kinds of disabilities, your disability is more expensive. So ensuring those costs are made, um, are covered, I think is important. I don't see it being a set amount, like everybody gets $500 sort of thing. But if you, you know, are below a certain income, then you would get a maximum amount. And then if you're above a certain income, it would taper taper down. Mm-hmm. Now, the benefit is meant to be part of a bigger disability inclusion action plan. In your view, what are some of the other things that the federal government really needs to be thinking about when they think about doing disability inclusion work? And I say this fully aware that we've had the last 12 plus months of a severe global pandemic and people with disabilities have really gotten the short end of the stick there as well. Yeah, I mean, a larger plan, I, I think it's important that we all have access to pharmacare, that, you know, prescriptions and medications are covered. I think it's really important to, to better um, fund equipment that people require and uh, mobility devices and braces and all of those things. Um, I think that the government needs to invest in more accessible, affordable housing for people with disabilities, including parents with disabilities. Um, I've heard really clearly often you can find a one bedroom that's accessible, but not, you know, a three bedroom house that's fully accessible. Uh, I think the government, you know, again, needs to do a review of the definitions of disability so that that's more inclusive, Um, you know, and just really revamp the system and, and make sure that the disabilities community is included in all aspects of Canadian society. Are you worried about all this talk about a federal election in the fall and what will happen to this bill, which, as you know, as you mentioned, was was tabled just two days before the House rose? So if there is an election in September, where does the bill go from from there? And how concerned definitely, are you about this? Yeah, I'm definitely, you know, concerned and talking with colleagues um, about this and, and strategizing how do we not let this be dropped if there's an election um you know, in the event that there's a change of government, we could just completely lose out on this opportunity, which is concerning. So, 
if an election is called, it's definitely going to be part of the questions that the disability community is asking um, potential leaders. And yet, you know, if you think about the Accessible Canada Act, you might remember that that got uh, support from uh, people on from all political backgrounds and all major political parties. I can't think of it as having been a partisan issue. Does that give you hope that this benefit is going to be treated in the same way, that it will not be seen as a partisan issue, that most political parties will get behind it so that even if there is a different government in a few months time, the benefit will still be something that is workable, that is an attainable goal for people with disabilities in Canada. I'm always hopeful, to be honest. It's just my nature. But I'm also really, you know, sometimes when it's actual money gets put forward, you know, outside of just legislation, that's where I've seen potential non-interest or potentially in parties that might not expand the definition of disability because it would include more people. Um, however, as you mentioned earlier, COVID-19 has been really hard on our community. I think that many of the gaps and, and the difficulties our community experiences have really been uncovered and, and, and brought out. And, and so hopefully that all the parties would be willing to continue on on this. You mentioned you've had conversations with Minister Qualtro, but I'm curious about whether you've had a chance to sit down with any of the opposition parties to get their sense on whether they would be willing to get behind a, a benefit like the type that's been proposed, or maybe if they have something better in mind, maybe a little more fleshed out with details. So I haven't. Um, I've been <laughs> I've been in lockdown for um, the entire time of COVID due to my particular condition, but. Um, if there were an election, it would definitely be something that we would be reaching out and having conversations. Um, just at present, it's it's mostly just the meetings that are typical of government and, and not the mm-hmm. usual opportunities that we all have when we go into Ottawa and, and meet, you know, with mm-hmm. multiple parties and individuals in Senate. Uh, one of the things Minister Qualtro mentioned is um, having, uh, you know, the opportunity to consult not only with the provinces, but the territories as well, and making sure that they um, that Canadians have a chance to give their input. What are you hoping that Canadians with disabilities will do now to make sure that we keep the pressure on the government to make sure that this this particular benefit comes to fruition? First of all, I think that if we do not have an election called, you know, in the early fall or at the end of summer, that um, all people with disabilities will reach out and, and have conversations with their local MPs and let them know that they're supportive of this, that they, you know, the things that they'd like to see improved. Um, and if we do have an election called, I'm hopeful that all, you know, people with disabilities who are eligible to vote get out and vote and, um, you know, make their opinion known and have those conversations as well with candidates. Jewel Smith, thank you so much for being on the program again. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you so much. That was Jewel Smith. Jewel is the Communications and Government Relations Coordinator for the Council of Canadians with Disabilities, and she joined us today from Coquitlam, British Columbia. If you missed any of my conversation today, you can find the podcast on your favorite podcast platform, or else you can head on over to ami.ca forward slash on the pulse. I'd like to thank Minister Qualtrough and Jewel Smith for being on the program today. Nasreen Abdul Majid is the technical producer for the pulse, and if 
Frank is the manager for AMI Audio, and Paula Janine is our technical supervisor. If you have thoughts about Bill C-35 and where you'd like to see things go from here, you can always give us a call at 1-866-509-4545. That's 1-866-509-4545. And leave your voicemail with your thoughts along with your permission to play the audio on the program. You can also write to us at feedback at ami.ca or find us on Twitter at AMI Audio. Use the hashtag PulseAMI so we can, of course, read your tweets out on the program as well. Thanks a lot for listening and being a part of the conversation on the Pulse about Bill C-35. We'll be back next week with more right here on AMI Audio. Thanks a lot for listening. Stay safe and have a wonderful rest of your day. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.